Hey there, it's Dr. Isla Bates here, and I'm bringing you an interview that I did several months ago with artist and art therapist Stephanie Ray. And we talk about everything from her purple hair and glasses to the meaning behind some of the art that we have both created and maybe wake up some of their lost creativity. I look forward to hearing from you as well. You can find me on Instagram at Dr. Isla Bates, MD. And um, yeah, I hope you enjoy. Here goes. I believe that. That's great. So tell me about you, Stephanie. I want to hear. Oh my. Well, so I, I want to tell you how I got into art because yeah. I think that's kind of cool. So when I was about 23, I think, mm-hmm. it was a while ago, I had a, um, I drove home from work one night. I was a waitress. So I was a waitress from the time I was about 16 until I was about 28. Where did you grow up? Where were? Oh, I'm from Dallas, Texas. Okay. Yeah. And that's where I you were born and raised? Yeah. So I was living in Dallas till I was about 10. And then we moved to El Paso, Texas. Mm-hmm. And I lived there through high school. And then I moved to Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. I had to go to the place where there was nothing. <laughs> and so I was living in Austin. I was a waitress on 6th Street. And I drove home one night, and my apartment was on fire. What? So there were Yes. So there was, like, literal flames coming out of the window. It was like a movie. And I just, like, jumped out of my truck, and I ran around the building. You know, like, what was I going to do? But, you know, fight, fight, or flee. Yeah. I was like, uh, fight, right? So I get to the bottom of the stairs and all the windows are blowing out. I mean, it was really like a movie, smoke billowing. Um, but I mean, I can remember it like yesterday, right? So in that experience, I lost everything I owned except for a tub full of all my pictures and yearbooks and all that stuff and a set of empty suitcases. So I think all the metaphors are so interesting. Yeah. And so I'm standing there and I remember like feeling like this ripped open, right? Like this ripped me open. Yeah. And, you know, I have the trauma history and all the, all of, all of the things. And so that kind of started the healing journey. If I like, I call it that, you know, and I remember standing there, like blaming myself, like what, what did I leave something on, you know, all these things. So that was the first thing I remember. And then the second thing is just like ripped open. And so I couldn't, I could no longer move through the world like this. Having no emotion, mm-hmm. you know, just working, surviving, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, after that, I like couldn't stop crying and I just wasn't functioning and like I'd get a job and then I just wouldn't show up. I mean, it was pretty rough. Were you and living thought, alone at this yeah. time? Yeah. Yes. And in the apartments, like they wouldn't let me out of the lease or anything. Oh my God. <laughs> they made me move to another apartment. And so I'm sitting in this apartment with nothing. I mean, literally nothing. And it was just a lot, you know, devastating. Um, so I finally, some bartender lady said, you know, you really should think about going to therapy. And I was like, I didn't know anything about therapy. You know, I didn't know what that was or what you do or anything like that. But she introduced me to her therapist who was a, an elderly lady and she was super cool. And she kind of helped me like, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm having allergies. Um, she kind of helped me understand self-esteem maybe mm-hmm. and just kind of a little bit how to help my emotions but then around that time I met someone and he lived in Boston or Cambridge and so I moved up there to be with him mm-hmm. so I fell in love 
I did that all by myself. I didn't know anybody <laughs> but him. I'm kind of adventurous. Uh-huh. And once I got up there, his mom was really into the arts. And then I was like hanging out with all these people that went to Harvard and Yale and MIT. Because I always thought I was dumb, okay? Uh-huh. And so, and no one ever said, hey, do you want to go to college? Yeah. They were like, oh, what are you going to do? How are you going to support yourself? So, um I figured out that, oh, maybe I'm not dumb because I can hang out with these people and have conversations and they think I'm funny and whatever, right? <laughs> and so I started going to Bunker Hill Community College. Mm-hmm. And I love that because Robin Williams' uh, film was filmed yeah. there. Uh, yeah, you know, Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting, yes. Uh-huh. I love that movie. But um, so I, that kind of started my journey and started my journey in so many ways. I mean, for me, moving to Cambridge was like moving to another country. <laughs> You know, because, I mean, I lived in Central Square. Nice. And, I mean, total diversity from people from all over the world. I was like, whoa. So I was learning on massive levels, Uh you know. Um, And I started seeing a dance therapist there. And she really is the one that helped me start figuring out my emotions. You know, I started drawing my emotions. So when I was feeling some kind of way, I would make art. But I mean, I wasn't an artist, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just putting marks down on paper right. and I would bring them in and I'd have like a stack, stack, stack. And she, so we figured out what emotions were. <laughs> that's kind of what started the journey. And then I just started taking little art classes here and there at the community college. Uh-huh. And then we ended up moving to Boulder, Colorado. And I went to Naropa University, which is like a little Buddhist inspired college. People know about it kind of now, but back then it was like, you're going to do what? Yeah. <laughs> I was in the first visual arts class that they ever had. So I think they just let me in on pity truthfully, but because <laughs> I didn't have a portfolio or anything. All I had was this stack of like, you know, mark making. Yeah. But you know, they, I went in and they loved it because I had a beginner's mind, you know, yes. so I learned, we learned meditation and really approaching art from the process and <coughs> conscious about what you're putting in the world. Um, not just, you know, so being a, being more self-aware. So that's kind of how the journey started. And then, so as soon as I left college, I started my business painting and painting murals and things like that. You know, everybody told me you can't be an artist. Of course I had to go be an artist, you know, (laughs) I have that oppositional thing. (laughs) Had to prove them wrong. So you're you're a full-time artist? No, I am not. I was a full-time artist for about 25 years. Okay. And then 2007 happened, or maybe 20 years at that point, and the economy went yucky. Yeah. And so I became a school teacher. Okay. And I taught elementary one year and middle school one year. Oh, nice. And then we had a we had a baby. Uh-huh. And um, I decided to get my master's. And I had always wanted to be an art therapist because I learned about it at Naropa, but all the things, right? It was expensive. It was limited. It was all, a lot of things. Yeah. And so I started going and getting my master's. Where did you go? I went to St. Mary of the Woods. Mm-hmm. It's a college in Indiana, but it's like a hybrid. So you go there like for a couple of weeks a year or three times a year, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. And then um, you do the rest of your work at home. That's great. Yeah, yeah it was cool. It was good. Um, so then I graduated in 2017. And during 2017, the Pulse nightclub shooting happened. So I was, I was in Texas for a while, then I came back to, or came to Florida. Wow. And um, so the Pulse nightclub shooting happened while I was in college, mm. doing my master's. And 
I really wanted to do something because I'm part of the LGBTQ community and because, right? But it just really hit me pretty deep. And the population that was targeted, just a lot of things. And it's about two hours from me. Mm. So anyway, I started working with a lot of the art therapists that were already professionals, you know, and came up with this template. And we did this whole community art project where people could respond through this template. It was called Art from the Heart. Oh, I and love then we that. ended up giving them. Yeah, it was just a heart with a rainbow. And but our what happened was our national conference was about to happen like a week before this tragedy, mm -hmm. a week after this tragedy. And we wanted them to be able to respond in some way. So we took the templates up there. So everybody from across the nation was able to participate. And then we brought them back. And then it just kind of continued, right? Yeah. So then like a year later after I got, well, no, I hadn't even graduated. We did a presentation at the next national conference where we presented on our work with us. And this man came to my presentation named Jeff Parnas, and he was the executive director of Stars of Hope. Hmm. The Stars of Hope is a nonprofit that responds to human and natural disasters oh. through therapeutic use of art. Wow. Specifically, these 12 inch wooden stars where people paint messages of hope and healing usually paint on the front and write something on the back. And then we would go into communities that had been impacted and we would hang these stars in the community. So people would see these stars, they would create stars, and they would um, be given a star. Hmm. So like, for instance, um, we had a bunch of people from Pulse because we would have anniversary events. Hmm. We can continue to go back. So we took all the stars from Pulse and we took them to the 9-11 memorial when they were opening up the Glade Memorial for people still living with the effects of 9-11 and each of them received a star. Oh. So I did that for a couple of years. I'm still a consultant for them, mm -hmm. um, but I responded to 49 disasters in two years. Oh my goodness. Wow. That, that was a lot and mm -hmm. it was amazing. And 49 disasters and anniversaries of disasters, but like Hurricane Michael, um, Puerto Rico, Hurricane Maria, a lot of wildfires, mm -hmm. a lot of shootings. Wow. So that's the work I was doing. And then the pen, and I was teaching at the University of Tampa. So I taught arts and health and I taught art therapy. And I became a yoga teacher because I realized, oh, trauma lives in the body, right? We're all talking about yes. that now, yes. or we have been for the past few years. So I wanted to get some training to be able to really bring that in because I was becoming trauma informed or trauma trained for mm -hmm. the work. Mm -hmm. So it's been quite a journey. So then I got my master's in art therapy and counseling. I have train or I don't know a designation in expressive arts therapy, yoga teacher. I think that's it. Nice, wonderful. Love um, it. It's been the journey. So then, the last couple of years since the pandemic began, I've been seeing clients privately, um, a lot of telehealth because of the pandemic. Yeah. But I still saw some people in person just because I had about a caseload full of kids. Mm -hmm. Um. So that happened. And then now it's kind of evolving into like what we were speaking about earlier in that I want to serve more people. Mm -hmm. And I feel a calling to take away the gatekeeping and barriers to art making. Mm -hmm. All the arts, right? Because I feel like we do not own that. And, you know, our construct of this structure in the United States is we like to own things and gatekeep things and claim you know, ownership over things that really aren't ours to do that with, you know? Mm -hmm. Now, I love my training. I honor it. I, it's 
helped me greatly and probably even helped me understand what I'm saying right now. Mm-hmm. But it's a little controversial for me to speak like this, I think, regarding my field, right? Yeah. So my idea is, okay, how can I impact even more people? So I'm like, okay, I'm try- my goal is to build a community online where I share all these things with people in a community. Because what I learned over the years is we heal in community. Mm-hmm. Everybody has access to creativity and expression. Yes. And what else? And we don't own the arts. Right. It's all a part of us, isn't it? Yes. But we often don't recognize it as such. There's well, some, yeah. I, and the first thing people say is, I'm not an artist. I'm yeah. not an artist. Or all I can draw is a stick figure. Exactly. I can't draw anything. But I really do just, believe it's all in us. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's the same thing with yoga. I'm not flexible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yoga, yoga is the breath it's meditation I'm not either you should see me do yoga it's ridiculous but I do it anyway and I teach it but That's I great. teach it to people that think they can't do it or they it. don't understand that it's breath and a philosophy and a showing up and which is another you know thousand year old thousands of years old tradition yeah that has been kind of appropriated and turn into a fitness thing or whatever we do here, right? Exactly. It's been glamorized in a way. So people think that I can't do it because I'm not thin and, uh, you know. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I'm Uh, really thinking about that a lot. Yeah. Uh I've been thinking about that a lot too. And um, creating retreats and ways Uh in which, you know, we can gather I started a Facebook group um, called Healer Heal Yourself. It's the same name as the uh, podcast where I was hoping to form community with art therapists, artists, and physicians, you know, because burnout is such a big um, problem in the medical community. And so, I mean, we as healers also have to work on healing ourselves. I know that you know, I've been on my own journey and it's a, I'm a work in progress. You know, it's like a continuous thing that we, we really do have to find ways in which to heal ourselves so that we can heal others. Um, yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's very small right now, but my goal like yours is also to expand that so that we can serve more people. Absolutely. Well, you know, I'm here to support you. I hope in any way I can. Yeah, please join us and, um, you know, maybe we can do some sessions together or something like that. That'd be awesome. That'd That'd be be really awesome. Yeah, because we have both some interesting perspectives, you know. And it's true. I mean, we have to make our feeling, creativity part of our life. Like, I think, like, a lot of times, self care for all of us health professionals, right, Um, is like, okay, you have compassion to go get some self-care. Like it's something you do, but they don't talk about it enough, I think, before it happens. I mean, they talk about it. They say vicarious trauma, compassion fatigue, yada, yada, but they don't say, hey, implement now right? because it's coming. Like Mm -hmm. this, you are going to experience this. Like they don't talk about it. Like in, in my case anyway, for mental health. Yeah. There's a lot of talk about it but there's not like do it 
implement it into your life, make it a part of your life. Like once you're to that point, it's very hard to uh, even deal with it almost like without removing yourself from your situation, which is hard too, right? Because you have to make a living. Right. And then your work suffers and then your clients suffer. Mm -hmm. So I think if we really change the concept of self-care is not just going to get a massage. Self-care is not just going to get a manicure, right? Right. Right. Self-care is working on yourself and learning to meditate. And yes. I mean, that's the number one thing is meditation. I, I 100% agree. Yeah. yeah. Like if you're not doing that, like that, if nothing else was taught to people, that to me would be the thing. I encourage all of my patients to meditate. I just think it's key. I know how it's helped me, you know, um, but they're pretty resistant a lot of times. They're like, I can't do that. I can't slow my mind. So it's a whole education. And yeah. I just say, start with two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then it's hard to only meditate for two minutes. So they well, usually yeah. get five in, you know. Or just close your eyes, you know. Yeah, for, for, take a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. I think we, we tend to make things very complicated, you know, and, and everybody wants to do it right as if there is a right way and a wrong way. Um, well, yeah, and it's, it's the same thing with all the things we're talking about, yoga and art and I can't sing and, you know, yeah. oh, yeah, you have a voice. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, our world tells us how we should be and what it should look like and all the social media and the images and the, yeah. just all of that is a lot, you know? Yeah. And it kind of, I think, sometimes makes us forget who we are. Yeah, that's true. I used to sing a lot. And stop singing because I thought, mm, I can't, you know, I don't sound that good or I can't really sing. Um, so not too long ago, I posted something on Instagram where I was singing. <laughs> I did it just for the fun of it, you know, yeah. and um, it actually got 9,000 views. <laughs> and it was like almost 9,000. Yeah. And it was funny because, you know, I stopped myself from doing something like that. So on Instagram, I tend to express myself through dance, through movement, singing, art, and, and, and really just to encourage other people to try things, to just move their bodies and um, I love that. experiment. I have to follow you on Instagram. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's Dr. Yeah. Islam. Yeah. So uh, this is great. Uh, yeah, the social media is powerful, powerful, and we can use it for good, right? Mm-hmm. For a lot of things, good and evil. <laughs> There's a lot of. But like I said, you know, there needs to be more of us out there doing our thing in a real way. Mm-hmm. Not always pretty, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, even though we know that will bring the trolls. <laughs> Yeah, but the trolls are gonna come anyway. If you're too pretty and too successful or too rich, or yeah, you're gonna get the trolls. So we have yeah. to just do it. And I think the exposure that we get, like all those views, I mean, you have some people singing in the shower from that. I'm sure. You know? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah, it's inspiring. Yeah, you've got to take risks, and I, I think that's important. I want to know a little bit about the art that you do um, okay. for pleasure for you. Okay. Uh, yes. Tell me what that's like. Since since this is an audio format, people yes. won't be able to see. So if you can okay. be somewhat descriptive or show me and we can try and be descriptive about it. 
That okay. would be great. So I will say that for many, many years, like a lot of years, I painted figurative works. Okay. All I did was figures and they were kind of in the style of Matisse. So I don't know, right. you know, most uh -huh. people are familiar with Matisse. So kind of a little bit abstract, the, mm -hmm. you know, uh, or, well, I don't want to say inappropriate, but proportions that aren't typical, right? Yeah. And my work is very colorful. So color is probably my strongest suit. When people see my work, they comment on the color. Yeah. Um, I'm very good at color intuitively. I don't really study color theory or, you know, how to mix colors. <laughs> I just do it. So we all have a gift, right? So I may not be the best person. Like I'm not a great renditionist or drawer. I don't even know if drawer is a word, but I'm not. Illustrator. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a word now. We just made one. <laughs> drawer. Yeah. Not a drawer. Yeah. So anyway, uh, there's a lot of movement in my work, a lot of color, and it's pretty powerful, I think. Um, I have a painting sitting here that I'll show you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. So this one's called Diving Deep. Mm -hmm. But anyway, the reason I told you that background on the figures is because all of a sudden it just switched. Mm. Like the figure completely went away and then it just became abstract color movement and so with the figure what my theory is for my um you know pontification uh -huh. um is that you know the figure was like the container for me to heal oh. and if you look at my early work all of the work has all this stuff going on inside the body mm. and then outside just kind of color right and usually the same color or just variations of a color but then all kinds of stuff inside the figure or figures mm -hmm. and they, the figures never really had defining facial figures or facial features. Mm -hmm. And people always like art galleries and teachers and stuff like that always hated that. They were like, that's too stylized and all that. And I was like, I don't care. That's what it is. And so in my mind, those paintings were a mirror, right? And paintings are a mirror. Art is a mirror to the viewer. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would talk about in regards to that. And then eventually everything came out of the body and started living around the body and that color and movement was smoother inside, usually the same kind of colors, but then all this stuff was going on outside. And then, like I said, eventually in the last few years, the figure has dissolved. So I think that's an interesting process, right. you know, to really think back on your art and look at it and yeah. it tells your story. It tells your journey. It does. It does. Yeah. And so now that's where I'm at. I do yeah. love to paint flowers. I do too. Yeah. 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 The flowers are great, mm -hmm. but they would still be loose and moving and colorful. Mm -hmm. um, and I like to work really big, which isn't the best thing because, you know, <laughs> you've run out of space. <laughs> yes. And, um, and then that, like that painting is like a 40 by 40. Wow. Yeah. So you know, I'm working on finding a way to, you know, make my work that I like that, uh, space, but it is interesting that I feel like I need that much space. Yeah. Now, is there I, a, a website or a place where people can view your artwork? Yes. It is um, www.stephanierayarts. And Ray is W R A Y uh -huh. arts.com. So, stephanierayarts.com. Okay, great. And all my stuff is there. Mm -hmm. All my stuff, you know, all the things. All about the things me. you've done. Yeah. 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 Art therapy and um, mental health counseling and my art Wonderful. and my membership site that I'm building. Oh, good. Yeah. 
Tell me about the membership site. How does that work? Are you, okay. is it a paid membership? People join and what yes. happens? So right now it is, I'm launching it. So right now I'm uh, building the library. So I'm going to have a library full of things related to yoga, writing, visual art, Ooh, I um, love it. movement, meditation. Those are my five areas I'm going to focus on. So it'll be a whole digital library of videos that I'm doing. And then I'm going to have guest videos as well, um, where people can just go access material on their own, you know, because sometimes people are busy. It is kind of geared towards a busy person because that's what I relate to. Mm -hmm. um, even like CEO moms are interesting too, because they're super busy. Yeah. But, you know, I'm really interested, especially because of the pandemic, like, nurses and doctors and uh -huh. first responders and people that really we all need healing but we really need to focus on this right now i think right. so that's kind of uh the people that i'm looking for to join mm -hmm. and then i'll also do like lives once a month i'll have a guest expert once a month and then it's going to evolve because i'm going to i'm inviting founding members so it's going to be and it's not going to be expensive yeah like i want it to be super affordable because I want it to be like something people aren't really going to think about or be mad at themselves about if they're not using it as much, right? right. Mm -hmm. uh, like three coffees or whatever, you know, or pizza or. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I'm looking at. So what, it, if they go to my website, there's a wait list there for my founding members. Mm -hmm. and so as I build it, I'm sending out, I've, I've sent out a few emails. I'm not a big send out email person, but you have to do these kind of things I know. <laughs> to keep people abreast of what's going on. Yeah. And, I really want to have that library in there before it completely open. Yeah. But I'm hoping that I'll have some founding members join to give me feedback and tell me what they want, what they need. I'm yeah. really interested in that. You know, I don't want to just put out what I think they need. I, exactly. I think that's very important. It's, it's, yeah. it's good just to get started, too, um, because it will evolve as, as time goes on. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. And then I can reach people all over the world, you know. That's right. Yeah. Even I want to, yeah, you'll have to come in if you'd like. Sure. Yeah. No, it sounds perfect. You know, I've been working on several programs myself and I think we have a similar mission. So we do. Yeah. I'm excited <laughs> to meet you. Well, because we don't always, you know, like meet a person that has this kind of vision. It is a little bit unique. It is. Yeah. It is I mean, unique. Um, I'm so glad that, you know, over time, I've become more bold <laughs> in in just doing this because it's coming from the heart, you know. It's yeah. it's really um, just doing something that feels right. It just feels like I'm doing the right thing. Yeah, and, and it's all you. It's all me. And your perceptions and interpretations and stories. Yeah, and yeah. That's awesome, right? right? Like we get to do that. Yeah. And one of the things I love, and I didn't tell you this about my painting sometimes, is that I will write as I'm painting in the painting. I love that. And yeah. it doesn't show, right? But it's like something that comes out of me. Like, I don't really write a ton. I mean, I journal and I do the morning pages and things like that. Mm -hmm. But not, I'm not a writer. I don't consider myself a writer. Well, but I'm going to stop you for a minute. <laughs> I know, I just contradicted myself, right? Yes. But we have we have as an artist, okay, now I'm going to speak as an artist, okay. not as like a therapist and healer and all that. Um, you know, we do feel stronger sometimes in one area okay. than, than others. So I'll 
I'll, I'll say that. that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it I has. think I think you are a writer if you write. Um, that's true. Yeah. Uh, Danny Shapiro, who's a wonderful writer and author, I did a workshop with her. And um, I told her how much I loved her sentences um, in her book and how much Lovely. I wanted to be a writer, but I'm not really a writer. And she said to me, if you love sentences, you are a writer. I love and, that. And that was like the best thing. I, I'll never forget that. And she also encouraged me to write. She says, don't worry about grammar or doing it right. Just write and just tell your story. And, yeah. you know, I'll never forget her because she got me to start writing in a way. Just opened okay. me up and, and I started writing. I've been, beautiful. been doing that for a while now. I think there's something really powerful about that. We have this thing built in us. And I think especially as women, like we need permission to do stuff, right? Yeah. We need approval. Yeah. We, need, we approval. need somebody to say, well, that's great. You did a great job. Yeah. And so the interesting thing about that is we fight against needing that, I think. Mm -hmm. Like we're not supposed to need that. But we so need it. And that's coming back to community. It is. An acceptance, you know, just being in a community that accepts you and believes in you. Yes. So important to have those people, you know, that just believe that you can do something. I know. It changes everything. It does. It does. Yeah. yeah. Ah, wow. Well, know, this right? is wonderful. I mean... Uh, this is a podcast, so people can't see you, but I love your purple hair and your glasses you. that have, you know, a variety of colors in them as well. Yes. <laughs> it's very beautiful. Well, thank you. I do think that there's something about expressing ourselves through our, well, you were a fashion person, you know, you were a fashion designer. I was a fashion designer. Yeah. You still are, but I mean, you know, that was your profession for a while. And I think, you know, that's another interesting aspect of art because before I actually found a medium to express in, I used to do makeup for people like drag queens would ask me to do their makeup. Oh, cool. And, uh -huh. You know, and I would dress in a certain way. Of course, I was from Texas, so it's a little scary how I dress. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that Cowboy stereotype is kind of true. <laughs> No, but like in Texas, we always are outfitted, okay? And it is like to the T oh. and shoes and the first match oh. and we have the hair and the makeup. And I mean, of course, it's stereotypical to a degree, but it's a real thing. It is a real thing. I knew when some I moved, people like that. Uh, mm -hmm. When I moved to Cambridge, like no one did that. Right. I was like selling Mary Kay cosmetics when okay. I moved to Cambridge. Okay. Yeah. But I did it because I'm so outgoing. I just would walk up to people on the street and be like, Hey, can I give you a free makeover? And they were so shocked. First of all, that I talked to them. And second of all, that I offered them a makeover. Like they didn't even wear makeup. That's right. <laughs> and I'd go, here, give me your name and number. And they'd be like, and they did it. They did it. And it was so fun. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. It was like the journey, but yeah. 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 You know, I want to just talk for a minute about expression through clothing and hair and glasses and things like that. Um, when I, I was a fashion designer, then I went to medical school. I remember just having funky glasses, you know, having a style about myself that was 
different. So it probably stood out a little bit. And over the years, becoming um, take that that sort of left me because I, I had to, you know, fit into this profile of being a doctor and being more conservative, yeah. especially being in, you know, in Boston, where oh, yeah. it, it tends to be bow ties and more conservative at, at Harvard. Um, yeah, and my my rebellion at that time, maybe it was a little bit of a rebellion, was to, to have my hair in dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. Nobody was doing that 20-something years ago in, 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 in uh, those kinds of settings. Um, so, but that was my ex- expression. And I think over the years... More recently, I've become more adventurous, you know. It doesn't really matter. And I think it's really important to to just accept who you are, what you like, and just be you, you know. And I want to speak to that as well. And I'm really glad that you kept even a part of you through that because I understand how it can be. Mm -hmm. But I will tell you this, because I am a little bit more mature in age when I got my master's, Mm -hmm. it was during that that I got the purple hair. Okay. And right before, I think it was during my internship year, that year that you do the last year in internship, and I was working in an inpatient psych facility, mm-hmm. and I came in one day with purple hair, and everybody was like, oh, they loved it, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so I continued it, and I told myself, I am never going to be anywhere where this is not accepted. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, like, you know, someone said, oh, you, you need to apply to the university to teach, and then this lady told me, oh, well, you, they're never going to hire you like that. Mm. And then again, so she challenged me, right? And I'm like, oh, really? Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's a thing to that, right? I mean, that part of yourself and not really letting systems tell you how to be. Exactly. Yeah. Because if you are showing up authentically and you have something to offer that is of value to them, right. it shouldn't matter what container you're in. A hundred percent. Now, it does, but we have to be the people that yeah. change that, I think, you know? I think, and yes. Then, Mm-hmm. And if and you, work, go ahead, I'm go, sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, in working with people, especially people that are dealing with you know more extreme mental health issues in an inpatient, it kind of removes some of that barrier because they're like, oh, well, you're kind of weird. So <laughs> that's right. But it's kind of true. And you know, with kids too, they see me as more fun and more playful. That's right. It's not another therapist like, oh, how are you feeling? Not that therapists see that. I'm not trying to insult anybody, <laughs> but but it is a therapeutic tool. Yeah, you know? yeah, no, it it definitely is. Um, I think when you're authentic, people recognize that and yes. trust it. Um, yes, it it you know because you obviously trust yourself and what you believe, and and that's conveyed to other people as well. Right. So I need some purple next time I see you. <laughs> Yeah, well, or blue or yeah, I'm going to have my new glasses, which, you know, which are going to be very cool. I got a I got a red pair that's square, red squares. I love it. It's like a burgundy red. And then I have, you know, like the round, the black Harry Potter type glasses. I love those. Yeah. They're, they're really cute, so I'm excited. Um, but glasses are a way of, you know, me expressing myself as well. Absolutely. And um, 
I'm going to have to end soon, but I did want to say that um, when you were talking about your artwork and, and how it evolved, I used to paint broken houses, um, fixer-uppers, yeah. And so I had very different variations on, on that theme. Now I'm obsessed with real estate, so I love houses, and I love fixing up old houses too. But this metaphor of the broken house, and, and then I read recently um, a book called Heart, The Heart uh, History, um, and in it, he describes the heart as a home or a house with its chambers, its rooms, its doors, the, the valves that move. And I realized during that period of time when I was painting these broken houses, these fixer-uppers, um, that was a period of time where I was broken, where my heart was broken too. Yeah. Yeah. And, right. and it's evolved, so I don't do any more houses now it's flowers or it's uh, portraits, faces, mm -hmm. people. So it's very interesting yeah. how it evolved. It would be interesting to see what kind of a house you would make now, though. Yeah, I, did, I recently did a house, actually, um, for an art therapy group that I was, I was part of. And um, it, was, um, it was very different than any of the others <laughs> that I had painted in the past. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's interesting with the house thing because there is that, um, we call it, I can't think of the name of it. You know, where you draw a house tree person. Yeah. An assessment. Yeah, yeah. House tree person. So that is part of a psychological assessment that sometimes is used. Right. Um, so that's interesting that you did that. Yeah, it is. It's our story. It's our container to tell our story. It is. It is. When we don't have words sometimes. Right. Exactly. Cool. So thank you so much, Stephanie, for meeting uh, with me and agreeing to be on this podcast. Um, I think you have a wonderful message and, you know, it's wonderful that you're going to spread that message and wealth to a whole lot of new people. And yeah, I'm excited. I'm so excited to meet you. And yeah. Thank you for having me on and I hope that we will be collaborating. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> For sure. I love that retreat word, just saying. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we'll definitely do it. I'm definitely forming my tribe. Mm -hmm.